Hello and welcome to Modern Craft. I am your host, Nicole Moret, and I just want to say how excited I am to be here with y'all. And I'm glad I can reach folks that just don't have the time to sit and watch a tutorial or be glued to their social media. They have to kind of steal little tutorials or Tumblr advice here and there. And so this is a good platform, I think, for those people that just don't have a lot of time on their hands to sit and watch or to to um, to do. Um, so while we do that, let's go ahead and this is going to talk to the person who spends a lot of time in the car, um, spends a lot of time uh, traveling or um, walking or working out, walking the dog, just stealing time for themselves and being able to get their information on a podcast. The podcast is great. I love the podcast um, because I have found myself listening to podcasts more and more just because I want to get that really fast information. Give it to me quick. Give it to me now. I'm a huge, huge supporter of podcasts, and I think this is going to be a great new avenue for so many new people who are just now thinking about starting their own home-based business or starting a Tumblr business or an Etsy shop or a website or whatever it is. I think this is a great opportunity for you to get your information on a quicker level. So starting out, I just wanted to say, hello, my name is Nicole Moret, and I Started making tumblers probably about two years ago. Um, it was small time, very, very, very small time. Um, <laughs> I started out very slow and I just started making tumblers for my mom and for my sister in laws, and that was it because I was so shy to make tumblers for anybody. But before that, I was working in the corporate world. I had a bachelor's degree. I was working the nine to five. And to be quite honest with you, I felt like life was not so like I just wasn't getting what I thought life was supposed to be about. And I had it didn't come to me quickly. I didn't realize, hey, you know what? I need to be working from home and I need to be working for myself and I need to be making art and I need to be doing this. It, that didn't come to me. It didn't come to me for a long time. For so long, it didn't come to me. And I heard a little voice telling me, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. But for some reason, I felt like really guilty. And I felt this is, this is what I should be doing. This is what everybody does. This is the fair thing to do. This is what's fair to my family. Everybody gets up every single day and they go to work and they make their check and they come home and they pay their taxes and they go to bed and they get up and they do it again. That's what I thought everybody did. And that's what I thought that I had to do. But to be honest with you, the truth is I was not getting a full cup. If that makes, you know, if, I hope this makes sense. I hope I'm not the only one who felt that. So I struggled with that feeling for a while and I said to myself one day, I said, one of these days, I'm going to do what makes me happy and I'm going to be good at it and I'm going to make money doing it. And when I said that to myself, I was like, that, that sounds like a, 
that sounds like a fairy tale movie. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody loves their job. You know, that was my whole mentality back then. It's just like, no one loves their job. Get over it, Nicole. But one day, just sitting on the couch with Scott, I said, I don't want to work at that job anymore. And he turned to me and he goes, okay, then don't. Okay, then don't. Yeah, don't. Don't go to work anymore. No, if it's not making you happy, then don't go to work. And I looked at him and I was like, um, what? He says, life is too short, Nicole. You have to be happy. And I was like, he is really messing with me. But I took him up on it. I took him up on it. I went in the next day and I turned in my two weeks and I said, okay, I'm done. And I did it. And it didn't hit me until, (laughs) until that Monday came around and I didn't have to get up and go to work. That was a scary feeling because I still didn't know what I was meant to do. So I just started piddling around. I knew I was creative. I just didn't know how to be creative. So I started watching YouTube videos and looking on Pinterest. Pinterest was the devil, let me tell you, because Pinterest had me running all over the place, trying this and trying that and trying this. I mean, it kind of had Scott a little worried Like he was like, okay, where are we going with this? You know, and I'm just like, you spend all day surfing Pinterest and then running to the store and getting these supplies and then making them. And then you're on to the next project. He's like, what are we doing here? I want you to find your passion. And I'm like, I'm doing creative research. Okay. Just, 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 and it took me so long, you guys. It took me so, so, so long to where it almost like was discouraging because I was thinking to myself, did I make a mistake? Did I throw away a good job because I wanted to chase after a dream? <laughs> it, it just didn't really match up. So I said, okay, I'm just going to go with my gut here and I'm going to just hopefully I fall into doing whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing. Whatever God wants me to do, he's going to put it in my lap. It's all going to happen when it's supposed to happen. So I didn't stress about it. Everything was fine. And then we decided to get married. We decided to buy a house and we decided to have a child. All of this is happening and Nicole still does not know what she's supposed to do. And Nicole is getting really, really frustrated, really almost depressed, I would say. I felt like I was just past the age of being able to start a career because I felt like, okay, well, I have this degree and I have all this education and I have experience, but I don't have the latest experience. Because let's face it, folks, technology is just like rapidly changing and you got to just like be on top of it and you got to be sharp. And I felt like my time, my window had gotten so small that no one was going to hire me. That kind of got me down to the dumps. And the fact that I wasn't grasping onto anything really um, just really upset me. And it really kind of made me second guess myself and doubt myself and everything that I did. Until I started painting things, because I mean, let's face it, when you're first starting out, 
most people, they don't have a lot of money. And so my husband and I, we didn't have a lot of money. We had the house that we had to furnish and I had all this time on my hands. So I was like, you know what? We can't go buy furniture. So I'm just going to go to garage sales and I'm going to find this furniture and then I'm going to paint it up and make this house a really happy home. So that's what I started doing. And I turned the focus, I turned my attention to painting this furniture. And I realized that not only was painting furniture like a meditation for me, it was also a um, way for me to decorate my house and to show people. I would post it on my Facebook. I would post it on my Instagram. One at a time, people started asking me, hey, my mom gave me a dresser. Could you paint it for me? Mm, yeah. And they wanted to give me money for painting their furniture. So I was like, Scott, they want to give me money to paint a furniture. He's like, well, yeah. Okay. So and he's like, I think you could, you know, really, you really got something here. Okay. So I started painting furniture for people, started painting furniture for my neighbors, and I started to like it a lot. I started to upgrade my materials. I started to watch more and more tutorials, started going to workshops. I started talking to people in the community of painting furniture. This happened mm, for about a couple years. I started getting, you know, more and more traction. By that time, <laughs> if you could like picture like a timeline, like, one room started off with like a dresser and then it progressed to a bed and then it progressed to frames and it progressed to armoires and it progressed to, to, to coffee tables and side tables. Pretty soon everything in my house was painted, painted and, um, and just distressed and everything was DIY in my house. And I had a blog and I had a Facebook page and I had all this stuff. And then Scott came to me one day and he's like, all right, this is out of control. <laughs> He's like, I do not want to come home to a house with a dresser on the kitchen island anymore. I'm done. I'm done stepping over paint cans. I'm done helping you move furniture. I'm just done. Okay. So either you get a space like a studio and you take your work there or we get you a little booth and you can put all of your stuff there in the booth, and then you can just solely work from the garage. So I said, okay. So he's taking me serious. Okay, so this is this is a big step. Okay. I wasn't ready to open my own store at all. That's scary. Um, so what I decided to do is I went and I started putting my furniture in a consignment store. And I did that for about a year. And the demand for that was just so intense. This was a time where DIY and farmhouse decor and style was just starting to just boom, where the Joanna Gaines and the Chip Gaines just started to come out. And um, I couldn't fill the booth fast enough. Um, just as soon as I would make a piece, it would sell. I mean, at times people would come in and be like, what do you have in your garage right now? Oh, well, I have this dresser. Do you have a picture of it? Yeah. Let me see it. Oh, okay. And I would show them and, and the thing, we didn't even have any like hardware on or anything. I mean, it, it just had one coat of paint. Like we want it. Uh, okay. And I just have like a knack for 
looking for furniture, finding the furniture, the French provincials and, um, the, just the rustic looking pieces, the very chunky ones that, that solid wood that your parents had and their parents had, and just the antiques in general. I had a very good, I was quick. I was in all the groups where all the secondhand furniture was, and I knew how to get my hands on it. And I was super quick, and I had a trailer, and I was there with cash in hand, ready to buy it. So my garage was filled with all this great furniture. So when I would start a piece, they would be like, what are you working on now? And it would be sold by the time it even came to my booth. So my husband's like, okay, you're working yourself so hard, day in and day out. I can't help you because I have to work myself. And Jackson, which is my son, he has to be taken care of. And so we either have to put him in school and you have to be doing this full time. And even then, I don't think you can, you can do this all by yourself. You're going to need help. So we sat and we thought, we're like, okay, what can we do? to get furniture out quicker. Let's open a store and let's invite fellow painters into the store. I said, okay, we could do that. So we sat on that for a little bit and it kept coming back to us and we kept thinking, okay, I think this is the way we're supposed to go. Is this the way? Is this the way? And we were just following in our gut. You know, we didn't know any better. We were young and we were green and we just didn't know. We just knew that he and I, we both wanted to be happy. That, that, that's all we wanted. And he wanted me to do what I love doing. And I just wanted to create. So I went ahead and um, got really serious about finding a space and finding vendors. And lo and behold, when I told people that I was going to be opening a store, they came running. They did. Um, and I had a group of, of very skilled furniture painters, furniture builders, paint vendors. I mean, it, it just all came together so beautifully. And, um, I said, Hey, you know what? this is meant to be and it's going to happen. And we found a spot. We got a contract built up. That was it. We had the most beautiful store. I mean, I could have never imagined how beautiful that store was. We had, we had apparel, um, uh, little boutique accessories. We had painted furniture. Everything in the store was just very boutique-ish. It was super cute. It was very farmhouse, very industrial. I mean, it was, it was perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect. And I loved it. And I had a place I could go work. And then I started to get the feeling. <laughs> as bad as it sounds, I started to get a feeling that of, of separation from my family and from uh, friends and, and, and just, just what I love to do and what I had to do. It changed from being my, my art, my love, what I love to do to, okay, now you have to do this. 
Now you have to make rent. Now you have to pay this. And if something breaks, you're responsible for it. And, and the vendors, they can pick up and leave whenever they want. And you're in charge of them and working that dynamic. And you have to show up at the store every single day because if people want to come in and buy, you got to be there. And you can't afford to hire anybody to work at the store. This is your store. You're going to have to run it seven days a week from 10 to 6. I was so excited and just so into the moment that I didn't realize that this was going to be a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice. I got really not upset or not to, not even depressed. I just got very... Um, very blue. I have taken my hobby and I've turned it into a job because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. It took the joy, the joy, the joy was gone. And I sat back and I looked at everybody else in the shop and everybody was so happy. And I was trying to feed off of that. You know, I was trying to be like, everybody is so happy. Everybody loves being here. Everybody comes and was so excited to show me the pieces that they've made. And, and I said, why am I not happy? You know, I have everything that I want, but yet I'm not happy. What What's going on? And so I don't know if, if the, if my attitude started to come out in my work, but, um, I decided that this was no longer fun. And I was going to start changing the way that the stores ran and I was going to be doing things. And well, it, it, it changed the store itself. And then when all that happened, I started to realize, what am I doing this for? I thought I was doing this because I wanted to be happy. I thought I was doing this because I wanted to, to provide for my family. When in fact, everything I did, everything that I made and I accumulated and I earned went back into that store. I was churning that wheel. I was, I was burning it at both ends for nine straight months every single day. Meanwhile, I have a, a husband and a baby, a two-year-old that I don't get to see. He can't come to the store because, I mean, it's kind of dangerous. There's glass everywhere and, you know, and he can break stuff and so on and so forth. And, um, and he wants to grab everything. You know how babies are. So it's just like, what is going on? Like, I am isolated by myself in the store every single day. And I am making good money, but I'm not seeing any of it because it's all going back into the store. I just wasn't happy. I wasn't happy anymore. And I said, okay, I sat back and I had a very hard come to Jesus talk. One that I was avoiding for a very long time. I heard, I heard him say, Nicole, we got to talk. Nicole, we got to talk. And I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to listen. I knew it. I knew it in my guts. I knew it. I knew he was telling me, this is not the time. And I kind of told him, look, I came all this way. I'm not giving up. And he just said, this is just not the time. This is not the way it's going to be. And I didn't want to hear it. And I knew I was fighting against the grain. I was like, oh, I was so mad because I had given it my all. And I was fighting it and I didn't want to hear it. And then I 
was in bed one day at two o'clock in the morning and my phone rings and it's the police department. And they tell me that there has been a break in my store that I probably should go because the alarm just kept going off. So Scott tells me, stay here. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to check it out, see what's going on. Some kid probably just threw a rock through the door or something like that or whatever, whatnot. I was like, this is it. I'm going to have to figure something else out. And so Scott shows up at the store and he calls me back and he's just like, well, somebody threw a rock, a cinder block through your front window. He stole all the computers and they stole all the technology and they stole the safe and they, they smashed a few things and, um, it's just, it's a mess. And so I was like devastated, so devastated. And I said, okay. And we had a function the next day and he's just like, don't even come up here. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Poor Scott. He, he got a window guy out there. They boarded up the window. You know, he put a sign outside that says, you know, due to, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so, we will be closed for the next couple of days for repairs. And so he comes back and he's just like, he's, he's just positive because he doesn't want me to be upset. He already knows that I am just not feeling good about the whole thing. And he comes and he sits down. He says, let's not talk about it. Let's just talk about it tomorrow. I said, okay. I didn't want to go to the store the next day, but I was like, you know what? This is my store. I'm going to go and I'm going to check it out and I'm going to face the music and we're just going to have to just clean this up. That's what we did. And I put a text out to all like the vendors and I told them what had happened. I said, we, the guys we got broken into, if you would like to come and help clean up, thank you so much. We appreciate it. So on and so forth. And, you know, hope to see y'all there. The only person who sent me a message back was somebody who sold paint there and asked if her stuff had gotten stolen. Not a, hey, are you okay? Or, um, I'm sorry. They were just like, is my stuff okay? Um, And that right there was a huge red flag to me. And it was a, Nicole, what are you, what are you doing this for? As I was sitting there picking up change off the floor, um, the, the tile that we laid and the, and the, 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 the painted walls that we painted. And I looked all around the store and it was my dream in my face. And I was like, what, what am I doing? There's glass everywhere. Scott's just sweeping up. And I'm like, nobody is showing up to help clean up and take the store as their own, because this is where they made their money. They made great money, but it's just Scott and I. And that right there was a huge eye opener and said, you know what? I go, Scott, I don't want to do this anymore. And he looked at me and he says, thank you. I said, I just, I can't do it anymore. And then he's like, okay. He's like, let's just, let's just clean this up and let's just close the store this is our store. We can close it whenever we want. And um, let's just go home. Okay. Then the next day I got up and I said, you know what? I can't do that. I got to go back to the store. So I was like, oh my gosh, like, are you serious? I was like, I just have to go to the store and just sit there and just, and just, just get it all in perspective as to what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, oh, well, okay. So I went to the store and I was looking around and I was just, at, at that moment, everything looked so different. 
not only was I upset that my store had been vandalized, my sense of security within the store and about the store had been shaken. And I said, um, all right. And I sat down at the table that I painted and pushed all the paintbrushes aside. And I sat down and I said, all right, God, I'm ready to talk. I am so defeated. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I did all of this and what? Everybody was behind me. I've let everybody down and what? And he told me, he says, Nicole, do you trust me? And I said, of course I trust you. He says, well, then trust me when I tell you that tonight, today, right now is not the time. Pack it up, close the door, go home to your family, trust me, and I will take care of everything. I had nothing else. I had no more fight. And I said, okay, I will trust you and I will do exactly that. I will pack it up. I will go home to my family. And he says, and leave the rest to me. And when you come back, because this isn't the end, you are going to be bigger and better and more prepared. And I got up, locked the door, went home, and I told Scott, I said, we're done. And Scott said, get on that phone and make phone calls and tell everybody to come get their stuff. And you need to do what's best for you and your family. And that's what I did. All right. That is going to conclude the part one of my I failed big (laughs) and um, I'll be back next week to let you know how that all rounded out and what eventually led me to where I am today and um, the long journey that it took for me to get here. I thank you so much for joining me. Have a great night. (music) 